Welcome to Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, a ridiculously awesome podcast bursting with insightful commentaries and intriguing conversations on the topics and issues that are on the minds of marketers, advertisers, social media, and PR professionals today. Hey, everybody, this is Bob Cargill from Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. How are you? Hey, this is episode 130. I cannot believe it. 130 episodes have I recorded for my podcast. And you know what? It may be my 130th episode, but it's my first as interviewing, as an interviewer of somebody for the second time on my podcast. So when do you like, you know, hit, hit a grand slam, you know, ding, 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 because you were the first of all the folks I've interviewed that I now am interviewing twice. So Wendy Pease, everybody, say hello to Wendy. <laughs> Thank you. It's absolutely great to be here, and I'm honored to be your the first guest to be second interviewed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's whatever we call it. You, that is it. I mean, literally, the first guest to be interviewed for the second time on my podcast. So that's a milestone. Um, it also, I guess, means I've done uh, so many episodes that uh, you know maybe I'll start interviewing some of my very special guests like yourself for a second time. But you have a big reason for being on this show and, and I'll get to that in just a minute. I just wanna say a few things, set the stage for anybody listening, watching. This is also a first in that I'm recording it live on Instagram, looking there so people could be watching it live. I got my phone up there. I'm recording it live on Facebook and that's on my personal profile, which is public, Bob Cargill. I don't think you'll have a problem finding me. And, and I'm doing that by Zoom. Zoom is recording it also. So the Zoom version, I'll edit. I'll put it up on YouTube and probably edit that version for some highlights. And the audio version goes up on Podbean. And Podbean then sends it out. I have it you know, distributed to uh, like Spotify and, and wherever else, wherever pretty much you listen to your podcast. So this is a, a big deal for me. And, and Wendy has given me this opportunity, um, you know, in terms of, hey, I said, yeah, let's do this. Let's do it a little bit differently than we did the last one. As I always do, I want to say a few things up front. It's Friday, June 11, 2021, as I record this. And most of the podcast, well, all of them in the last year or so, I've been saying, you know, hey, we're in the middle of a pandemic, you know, sad, difficult times. Um, it has been sad difficult times and, and, and not to say it isn't uh, still when we think about the pandemic and, and, and COVID-19 and, and we're sorry for anybody who's been affected by COVID-19 and, and certainly grieve for those who have been sick and have lost their lives over COVID-19. Um, the good news is we're coming out of the pandemic slowly but surely and, and this is a much better time Friday, June 11, 2021, than it has been in over a year. So, so good for all of us. Let me segue into the business at hand. The business at hand is to talk to Wendy Pease. And Wendy has recently, I think you said April 13th. Did I remember correctly? Absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> April 13th, date. my lucky yeah. day. <laughs> Wendy Pease is going to tell us all about herself because I'm going to, if you don't mind, skip over the, the intro, uh, yeah. formal intro. But intro you, if you will, as an author, 
as my neighbor down the street in Sudbury and, and as the publisher, uh, the writer of, of the published book, her first, The Language of Global Marketing, Translate Your Domestic Strategies into International Sales and Profits. And look at her, she's got a copy of it right there in uh, color, I like that because I'm looking at your, the, the, the PDF version, if you will, that, that you kindly uh, sent over to me and I've been reading and I'm so impressed with it. And, and uh, I'm gonna ask you a bunch of questions, but before I ask you questions about the book, because I did not read your bio, I want you to tell people a little bit about yourself, your background, where it all began, Wendy. Please, the floor <laughs> is yours. How you got from there to where you are now at the, the highest peak, um, although you're going to go even higher, I know, with, you know, first book of, of many, if, if that's your goal. But oh, anyways, I got two more in the makings right now. Can't keep up with life as it is right now, but I got two more because I found that I really enjoyed the writing, the writing process and the whole uh, getting the book to publication. You set so, such a high bar, uh, Wendy. Um, go ahead, please. Tell, tell people about yourself if you don't mind. Okay, sure. Yeah, so I'm, I'm president and owner of Rapport International, and what we do is we connect people around the world by providing uh, high-quality written translation and spoken interpretation services. So if you need to communicate with somebody and you don't speak their language, uh, you can come to us and we can help advise you on the best way to do it, whether you need telephone interpreting or multilingual chat or whether you need your website done or whether you need a live interpreter. So there's all different ways that you can communicate with people without speaking the language. Um, and so I bought the company 17 years ago. We um, have been virtual since before the, the, the cloud. <laughs> um, we made The, another acquisition of a company in Nebraska about six years ago. Um, I've got an incredible team right now. I just love working with them. Um, so we're having a ball and we have a 100% satisfaction guarantee and 100% on time delivery rate. And I wrote the book because after years and years of hearing a lot of the same questions, I thought, you know, let me just put them all down on a piece of paper and give stories and explain how that is and how do you go about even thinking um, about expanding internationally and there's so many opportunities for companies particularly now as we see how connected we are um, through covid and through the internet uh, so i really wrote the book from my experience with running rapport international and helping customers and trying to help more people get out there Brilliant, Wendy, and and you know a lot of folks, myself included, um, want to be published authors of a book and and know what a huge accomplishment it is. So kudos and congrats to you. And I imagine, based on what I've read so far, and I did skim the whole thing, but I am in the middle of reading it word for word. Um, I imagine it's a hit with with your audience and and that you're very happy with it because I was very, very impressed. Am I uh, correct in that assumption that, that things are going well with sales and distribution of the book? Uh, I have been 
blown away by the reviews that I've gotten. I am so honored. I'm so thrilled because I really wanted to take the time and put something out there. Um, and I am surprised now how often I refer to the book when I'm talking to clients and I'll say, oh, you know what? I covered that in the, in the, the book. Let me send you a copy yeah. of it. And you can, you can buy it on Amazon. It's for sale there and Barnes and Noble and all the other places that you want to get it. Um, so it's, it's distributed widely. I'm appreciative for anybody that leaves a review because like I said, I've got a couple of other books in the, in the works. And so I like to know what the feedback is, honest feedback, um, so I can continue to, be, to improve. Um, I've got a couple of professors that left uh, early release reviews. I've got some well-known marketing people. Um, and so I've just been really, really honored and I'm really happy with how it turned out. And I'm so hard and so critical on myself that it just, it feels good to put something out there like that and be proud about it. Well, um, that's why you're so successful being, um, you know, hard on yourself, critical of yourself and, and, and you didn't know in introducing yourself, you know, you have an MBA from Dartmouth and, and graduated in three years from Penn State and in okay. foreign service. So, um, you know, you, again, set high bar, probably starting with yourself yes. <laughs> and, and, yes. and, and the team you build, I'm sure, um, you know, is, is, is stellar as you are. So, um, you know, that's your company. Uh, in turn, Rapport International, I'm sure your clients are very, very happy with, with what they get when, when they hire you. You know, I looked at the book, again, I'm, I'm in the process of reading it, but I looked through the whole thing and, you know, you have case studies and I'm gonna ask you about a couple of those. You, you, you have lessons learned towards the end of the book. It's 19 chapters, if I counted correctly, it's close to 200 pages. If, if I'm, again, you know, proximate, you probably know exactly how many pages. <laughs> um, it again, depends I'm, on if you count the glossary and the, you know, the table of contents and stuff like that. So yeah, close to 200. <laughs> and each, each chapter uh, starts with a quote and, and, yeah. and I love that. And, and also the hand, is that the logo, is that the book logo? Or does that have something to do with your company? But the hand and my... You know, it's interesting. Our logo is um, too, it's, it's abstract. I don't know, uh, I should have a copy around here someplace, but I don't have an easy access. But it's two hands that are abstract that are working together and they're even because it, it, taught, it symbolizes how we work with clients. And I like that from the beginning that, you know, we're working together. I can't do it alone and you can't do it alone. And we, you know, we talked about whether uh, we rotated up or down and we didn't yep. want that, so we kept it here. Um, I owned a company uh, before I went to business school and the logo was a handshake. And then when the graphic designer um, came out and they gave some options, it was funny because I was drawn to the hands and I liked the multicolor hands, and I had her yeah. uh, darken some of this. So we had the black and brown skin in here too. Love and so that. I just, when, I, when the graphic designer came out with that, I was like, oh, I like that. And then I started putting together that a lot of the logos are hands because I'm really people oriented. You know, like helping people and, you know, hand, helping hand and together we can. And yeah, know, so all, you know, it's just, it's, I'm all about connecting people and, a, you know, handshake holding hands is all about that. You know, this show is a marketing show, Bob Cargill's marketing show. And what you just said is a key point for those who are interested in marketing. You know, 
you said you're all about connecting people. And, and I know that about you uh, personally and professionally, but folks, you know, the, the brand that Wendy puts out there is Rapport International and Rapport, if I'm not uh, incorrect, means, right? Connections and, and yeah. establishing, you know, relations with other people. It's a French yeah. word, yeah, building rapport. Yeah, it's not rapport, by the way. No. <laughs> it's rapport, a French word. Um, and it's and spelled it, R-A-P-P-O-R-T. So that's why you were joking about it because it yes, ends with yes. a T, but it's a silent T for the French word. Right. And, and so your branding is, is spot on. Um, and, and again, you know, the book thing that, you know, most entrepreneurs, again, aspire to writing a book. And, and I think you told me before we start hit record, you're writing not just, you know, this one behind you now, you got plans to write a couple more, right? Right, yeah, we've got one in the works that is actually taking um, information from the interviews that I do on my podcast, The Global Marketing Show, um, that you can find it on the places that are, are yours. So like and follow Bob's and then <laughs> you can go over and like and follow ours. The global, say that again, The Global Marketing Show? The Global Marketing Show, also hosted on Podbean and it goes out to iTunes and Spotify and all in, in parallel uh, lines. So, yeah. <laughs> Great marketers think alike. Yeah, huh? there you go. And the coincidence of all coincidences is you're like a mile down the street and right. I'm a runner and I run by your house an awful lot. Um, I think yeah. I've only seen you there once, maybe in the street out walking or something. But I know yeah. I always look for you because I know <laughs> we're on your loop. <laughs> I run by there probably once a week. It's one of my yeah. many roots. But anyways, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Yeah. So the next book will be more in the um, the vein of Who Moved My Cheese or the One Minute mm. Manager. Yeah. Um, so it'll be the quick learning. So this is more, this has research and statistics and to-dos in it. So it's written for the business owner. The other books in global marketing are textbooks. So I wanted something that was affordable and very practical. But the next one will be more of a lighthearted, what are the things I need to know about global marketing? And then another one I'm working on um, with Scott Wilde from HubSpot is about the customer experience. And so we're going to pull in his customer experience and then the, the global and ramp that together. So that's in very, very early stages. And you might know, you might know Hannah Penns from um, Subbury. I don't think I do. No. Hannah, well, Hannah Penns? Hannah Penns. She okay. is co-writing that, the, you know, who moved my cheese version of the book. Look yeah. at you, Wendy. And, and I said, you know, I did not know all of this, you know, that you set the bar high and you're just going to go higher and higher. And it, it's true. I mean, I, I, I see that in you. I mean, I think we only met a few years ago and I saw that yeah. in you right, right away. Obviously, well, I'm you know, seeing the same with you. I mean, look <laughs> at your, your road show. You got the, yeah. the podcast, you're doing the live stuff, which I haven't started yet. You had the live road show, which was a real hoot. Yes. A lot of good information there. Then that darn pandemic had to happen, huh? I know, I <laughs> Getting know. Getting away with live do, events. But, but you we're do all the great posts. Yeah, thank you. I love That's how you do you. the walking ones and the talking. Yeah, I listen to them all the time. Very kind of you. And I do have the book in the works. You know that. Um, I know. It's edited right now. And, and we're, we're going through some uh, uh, issues with regard to you know, how to get it published. But, but 70,000 words. Um, it's not about my book today, and my book isn't published. Yours is, so you're definitely ahead of the game. Let's focus on, on the book um, because that's what we we agreed. We, you know, I want to talk about, and I hope you 
agree to that. Sure. Um, you talk about um, frosted flakes. I know there's a story there. I, <laughs> you know, so it's right at the top of my list in terms of question I wanted to ask you. Um, two words, frosted flakes. Tell your audience what, whatever the heck I'm talking about when I say frosted flakes. Sure. When I was a kid, frosted flakes were my favorite cereal. And we lived in Taiwan in a small farming community because my dad um, was in international agriculture. So there, there was a military base over an hour away from us that had a commissary, but since we weren't part of the military, we couldn't shop there. Um, and at the time, there was not cereal in the general marketplace in Taiwan. So we had to go to this little black market store to get frosted flakes and, you know, to get any cereal. I mean, I would have taken any cereal at that point. And I still, to this day, love cereal. I happen to eat more granola, but, <laughs> you know, at the time I wanted frosted flakes or whatever we could get U.S. sugared cereal. So my point of telling this story was, you know, when you're, when I was growing up and lived internationally in Taiwan, we had to go to a black market to get U.S. products. And it used to be only large companies that exported because they had the resources to do it. My point in this book is that it's changed. The internet has leveled the playing field. And now, um, even though only 1% of US companies export, 98% of those are small and mid-sized businesses. And by just putting some translation on your website or going to access your federal and state resources, um, you can get grants free money to help you with translation and your website and you can get free consulting that with this level playing field anybody can um, go international as long as you have a product or service that you could sell internationally anybody can go international if you have a product or service and then if i was editing highlights that that could easily be one of them and my little uh, quote that i put out there on twitter um and you also said something else that resonated with me that the internet has leveled the playing field. And I say that with regard to social media all the time. Right. So, you know, what you have to offer clients, because I think I read somewhere, did I not write it down, but there's only a tiny percentage if I'm not um, incorrect of say businesses in the United States that actually have tapped these international opportunities. And I imagine what you have to offer um, is, is what they don't have, you know, am I right? <laughs> Absolutely. And a lot of companies fall into that. Well, I'll just put the Google translate plugin into my website. And that is like nails on the chalkboard to me because there are so many problems with it. And I get into it in the book that there's placement problems, there's accessibility problems, there's search engine problems because the content shows up as duplicate content. And there's so many better ways to handle your uh, marketing translation, just doing a landing Landing page or a mini site can save budget, but you can really connect with your audience. And you know, it's all about connecting with your, your buyer because that's yeah. what's going to take them well, through the journey. If you don't have an audience, um, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, what you got for a product or a service, you, you have to connect with that audience. And, and clearly, you know, like you said, the internet has leveled the playing field and, and with social media that, what I do for my clients, and I know you 
provide that probably as well to some degree. Um, you know, there's no excuses really not to, to be going international as long as that audience uh, is interested in your products and services. Right. Um, how, what's the beginning steps, if you will, of, of going global? You know, let's say you're, um, let's say I don't, so could I go global? <laughs> could I, um, you know, I'm a, you know, social media consultant, copywriter, et cetera, et cetera. What would the first step be that I would need to take? I'm, I, I, you know, not, not that it's about me, but I'm- Yeah, you're awesome. a good example. Okay, yeah, good, you good. absolutely could go global. And where I would see your target market is that there's a lot of companies that want to come into the United States. The US is known as a very rich company with a lot of disposable income. Now I get into the statistics in my book yep. that there are some other company, countries that are growing fast and have higher disposable incomes that are really worthwhile for people from the US. But back to you, if you wanted to target those companies that wanted to come into the US, they're not used to marketing in the US style. Uh, yep. U.S. style, we're very kind of pompous and we put ourselves out there and we say we're the best because yeah. that's kind of what we do. Whereas if you're German or Japanese, you're much more, you know, particularly the German market, they're much more detailed. They focus much more on features. They think, you know, Americans are kind of braggadacious, um, not as they don't pay attention as much to the detail. So if you think about a German company coming into the US, Americans are going to gloss over because yep. they're looking for the benefits. So you could target by just taking your website and some of your social media, putting some subtitles on that in a foreign language, optimizing it for the keywords, you could attract the attention of the people who want to come into the US. Now you might say, why don't I just do it in English? Because even if people who are going to hire you can speak enough English to communicate with you to buy your services, they still want to buy from you in their native language because yes. that's when they're putting the, their money on the line and they want to know that they can trust you. And as you say, or should I say, as he says in your book, you quote Nelson Mandela, something about if it's a language people can understand, you might, you know, connect to the head, but if it's their language, you connect to the heart. How's oh that? my gosh, you How's are that a good having... marketer. You are a good marketer because you know it's all about the heart. Yes, and I did my homework. I looked at those quotes yes. that you shared at the beginning of each chapter, but, but you are again, spot on with you know the messaging and also, again, we didn't plan this, that question. I had no idea, so someone like myself, you know, multiply that times all the agencies and consultants who do what I do in this country, that could be just one, that's all, and that's only a sliver, obviously, of the mm -hmm. number of businesses, you know, the industries that what you do could service and, and, and mm -hmm. imagine the possibilities, I'm sure you, you have. <laughs> oh, I do. Now you think about you. So all the agencies that are out there that could open their mind to companies coming into the US 
or helping their companies go external. So I spent a lot of time talking to creative agencies saying, look, think about your clients. And yeah. a lot of them will say, oh no, my clients aren't interested in that because they haven't asked for it. But as a creative agency, you wanna be driving new ideas. And so if you bring to them the idea of, hey, you've got these products and services, you could be selling internationally. All you've, you know, what you've just done there is told them some new ideas. You've increased the potential to provide more work for them. You partner with an agency like ours, and then we can provide the translation, the keyword research, the advice on which countries to go on, how to get the resources, how to get the grants. I mean, if you've got clients that are interested in going international, I can connect you to the to the people in Massachusetts or New Hampshire or wherever you are. Um, I see Wendy from Inspiring Decisions just joined. Good to see you. Um, so I can connect you to people in every state that can provide grants to help you update your website and then do the translation for it. So it's 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 such a no brainer for creativity. Yeah. yeah. Clearly, um, if if folks see me go and put my hand up here, that's my my phone is is up above my uh, laptop, and I'm waving to um, and I don't know if I wave to inspiring decisions, but I'm going to right now, and that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'll wave and like it, on video rather than. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to make it happen. I'm trying, yeah, that's the real way, but there's a little button you can hit. So, right. So, so for folks who are just joining, I cannot see my Facebook because I did not put it up on my second monitor here. I put up Wendy's book so I can look at it, the PDF version. Here I have my Instagram so I can see who's joining. And right here in front of me is Zoom. Um, and that is is pumping it out to Facebook. So we got you know multiple things going on right now so we can capture this fantastic content. Um, and, and we're in the middle of this great discussion about global marketing, uh, the language of global marketing, Wendy Pease's new book awesome book i'm going to bring up a couple brands that i know you talk about you know for case studies one particularly uh, resonated with me because my son ben um just talk about the pandemic uh oh you know hopefully come winding down and people are traveling like yeah. son ben and his uh, girlfriend just went down to florida and they're in an airbnb uh they went to the airbnb i think a whole house uh, in florida but you mentioned, so that's why it struck the chord, you mentioned Airbnb as a good example, I think, of, mm -hmm. of uh, um, international marketing. So can you talk about them if you don't mind, Airbnb? Because they're in your book. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I did some comparisons about where you can use, where you need to have high quality translations and where you might use Google Translate um, and where you can get away with just English. So Airbnb does a really good job because they have high quality translation on all their standard translations. So if I want to rent my house, I can go in as an English speaker, look at their, their English platform, put how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms, what the amenities are, and that's gonna be very, very clear. Um, and then they're, they're, it's just numbers that you would pick. And so if I happen to speak Spanish and I live in Argentina, I go into the Spanish platform, I can get all that information. So that they've done, they have writing patterns that they implement 
and the translation works very good because they're using symbols or numbers that can convert over. Now, if you were to rent my house and leave me a review, you'd write in in English because you speak in English, but the Spanish speaker wouldn't be able to read it in English if they didn't speak it. So they have the Google Translate plugin or whichever language, I, I assume it's Google Translate, but they have a, a machine translation plugin in there. And so the Spanish people can say, yeah, let me see the automated translation. Well, the translation is going to be junk. You know, it's not going to be high quality. It's not something you'd use for marketing, but it will give you the gist. You know, I'm going to be able to tell whether you're saying it was a lousy stay, whether it was a good stay, and plus they have the five-star rating on it. So I'm going to be able to kind of verify whatever I'm reading with how many stars are there. So now you've got people from all over the world that can communicate because they've got the good translation on the the content that's very important and then they have the machine which is helping them translate the content that doesn't have to be perfect yeah that's that's fascinating and 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 to me you know it sounds complicated but to them and and to you i imagine there's there's a method to the madness and it it obviously uh, works for them um another brand you mentioned was um these are my favorite running shoes, so so I picked up Mine too. <laughs> I'm familiar with, yeah, Nike, um, and I'm not surprised they're a good example. Talk about Nike if you don't mind. No, that's, that's another great example. Now, Nike does not use machine translation at all. They're a consumer product that has to have high quality because, you know, you ever price out some Nike shoes anyplace else in the world, they're way more expensive than they are here. And so they have to make sure that they're providing high quality translation and they have to provide that it's culturally adapted for anybody that's visiting their website. So if I visit the nike.com website here in the US, I'm gonna get uh, products that I'm interested, products that are very Americanized. I'll probably even get uh, references to sports teams that are near me. Whereas if I lived out on the West Coast, you know, I live near Boston, so you know all our teams, but if I lived out in San Francisco or Seattle, their teams might even come up. So it's very, very localized. Now, if I go to a Nike site over in Europe or South America or almost any place else in the world, the first sport that's going to come up is going to be a soccer team or soccer references or as they'd say in every other country in the world football because that's what's really going to pull people in and then they've got different clothes they've got different colors because they're really adapting it to what's going on there so that's a very localized site that has to be high quality and really connect with the user great great case study great example obviously um you also point out um that something that uh, probably not everybody thinks about or, or realizes without thinking about it or doing their research. I'll ask the question, I know the answer. Um, English, a lot of people think it's the global language. That is not true, right? No, no. But I am do. I right that some people think that it is? 
Oh, you'd be shocked at the number of Americans who think that English is the global language. People outside the country, well, I correct myself. Some people will say, yeah, English is the global language. And then I'll say, well, will you buy off a site that's in English? And they're like, oh, no, no, no. I want it in my language. So where English is the global language is if you go to trade shows, you're very blessed if you speak English because a lot of people will have rudimentary understanding of it. Um, but if you really want to sell something, you really want to connect with your buyer, you have to do it in language. And there's all sorts of research from Gardner, from Common Sense Advisory, that talks about the importance of uh, translating your, your marketing content. 90% um, of the people are going to spend more time on a site that's in their native language. Um, 76, 72, in the 70s are... Um, at more apt to buy, so more time, more buy, and mm -hmm. then over half of them are willing to spend more money if you have translated content or in their native language. So how ironic that so many people mistakenly think English is the global language when it's actually a tiny percentage, right, of yeah. people in this yeah. world, like like small percentage, correct? Tiny percentage? Yeah, I mean, if you count the bilingual speakers, you're, you know, you get to the numbers. But I, in the book, I have um, some pictures of the number of speakers of all the different languages. And I, I think what the key thing to remember is that there's about 7,000 languages in yeah. the world. Crazy number um, that I never would have thought without having read the book. And, and so tiny might be an exaggeration, but it's a smaller percentage than most people think that, that speak English or understand English throughout the right. world. But when you're thinking that you know you can't market um, in just one language or in English, I mean, more, there's more Chinese speakers, um, there's more native Spanish speakers. So if, but if you're trying to think about which languages you translate into, there's about 10 languages that you want to use in marketing. And if you do a couple of dozen, you're talking to uh, 75 to 80% of the world. Okay, I'll put you on the spot. Can you tell us uh, what those 10 or so languages are? Could you name some of them? Oh yeah, Chinese, Spanish, let me flip it open. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, in, in, go ahead. I'll get them all in here. So English, Chinese, Spanish, Arabic, Portuguese, Indonesian, Indonesia is a real good country to export now too. That's become really popular. French, Japanese, Russian, and German. This is the top leg, top 10 languages on the internet. Now, if, if current research that came out that I read after the book was that it used to be English was way more the dominant language on the internet. But what they're finding is, is on the internet, most of the websites is launched in English, but now as more local people are mm -hmm. getting websites, um, they're doing it in their native language. So the number of the percentage of English language websites is actually dropping as the proliferation of uh, websites in other languages is rising. Fascinating, fascinating. Uh, a couple more questions, then we're gonna wind things down, Wendy, if you don't, Mine, I think both you and I have hard stops coming up, um, but but I, I wanted to ask you just get a few more quick questions in there and also mention on, on Instagram. Again, I can't see my Facebook page um, to see if people are asking questions there, but 
I don't see any questions. I'm watching. Oh, awesome. Inspiring I see decisions. Melissa Pond is on there. Hi, Melissa. How are you? Thank you, Wendy, for, for <laughs> monitoring the Facebook for me. And I, I know Melissa. Great to see you, Melissa. And congratulations on your recent uh, um, uh, election. Uh, um, yeah, she was just elected an official in a neighboring town. Um, uh, town official. Congratulations, Melissa. Inspiring Decisions says this is a priceless resource on Instagram. I assume um, they are talking about the book or, or maybe this conversation. Um, but yeah, the book, you know, the more I learn, I mean, listen, you know, frankly, when you know, this is not, you know, obviously anywhere near my area of expertise, but I am in marketing <laughs> and I'm a creative person. I write, I provide social media, I consult on strategy. And yeah, top of mind now is me saying to clients, you know, have you looked at Rapport International and considered, you know, translating domestic strategies into international sales? Because it, it seems to me like there's, uh, um, you know, a mountain of opportunities here. Um, and, and I think you've explained why the opportunity is so huge, but is there, you want to Expound on that. Why, you know, the, the opportunity is only yeah. going to get greater as, as we go forward. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's something um, called an accidental exporter that's happening more and more is that people who are astute marketers and paying attention, if they're looking at their analytics, they can see what countries people are coming in from. And we've had clients say, call us up and say, you know, I'm getting visitors from Germany. Um, I'm thinking if I do a little translation on my website, it'll increase. We had another client, a customer that said they noticed that every time they made posts in Spanish on their social media or they post a blog, they saw the number of inquiries for their services go up. So there's a direct correlation. And so if you pay attention to where that's coming from and then just add it in, um, you'll be able to increase your business. And this, and you know, back to the statistics show that companies that export have higher revenues, higher profits, higher valuations, they pay higher wages, and uh, their IP is worth more, and they've got a more defensible business in their home market. Because when things tank in one country, they could be skyrocketing yeah. in another. Diversified, um, and you know, yeah. the multitude of opportunities. Um, companies that export, um, it, that's the way to go. I mean, mm -hmm. if, if, if uh, you don't know how to make it happen, you should be talking to Wendy Pease. And, and Rapport International. Um, there was also something else I wanted to mention about your book. I, I thought it was, uh, you know, hey, I might learn, and, you know, working on my book, finishing up, you, you, something I haven't done yet, maybe I can borrow this idea from you or not. Um, it, it'd be a lot of extra work for me now that I think I'm done my book. But all that aside, you have action items. And I was very, very impressed. Yeah. You know, in other words, to me, and you mentioned earlier something about professors or, you know, gave you a good review, a great review. Your book is like a textbook. I mean, could you see this being used as a textbook? Because you have action items. You, you could make this a whole curriculum. Oh, absolutely. I think this would be great in marketing classes. I think it could be undergrad and graduate. I think it could be in global business, entrepreneur, and I think it could be in um, communications. It covers all those yeah. areas. So it has to be professors who are open to global and how to, well, to target those markets. I teach marketing at the university level and we absolutely talk about 
some of this, uh, Wendy. We don't you know, dive deep into this. I would think this would be an entire course, an entire curriculum, you know, yeah. international marketing, global marketing. Um, what's your best marketing advice for people in general? Is there something pop, top of mind um, that you want to share right now? Best marketing advice. I think, well, for global market in particular, I always talk, and this is, you know, laying the foundation, is know what your corporate goals are, and then develop your marketing strategy to support that, and then your multi-marketing, you know, your global marketing goals should support that. So I always say start with a strategy, and I don't know how many people start with tactics. Oh, we need to do Facebook Live. Oh, we need to update our website. Oh, we need to, you know, get speaking engagements. Those are all tactics. Until you, you define the strategy, you can't figure out what your tactics are going to be because there's so many options of things you you could do. Fascinating. And and being somebody who does a ton of social media, I have to ask, you know, where does social media fall into all of this? I know you mentioned it in your book. You mentioned. Um, SEO, you mentioned social media. What, what could you say about social media, the importance of social media when it comes to global marketing? So Bill Gates once said, content is king, right? I hear a lot of marketers, and I don't know where it originated, that consistency is queen. Ooh. And then we've taken it on to say translation is the princess because that's really what's going to attract people in. <laughs> if I was live tweeting this event, content is king, uh, consistency, consistency is queen, translation is the princess. Wow, yeah. love that, yeah. love that. Good for you, Wendy. There's so much, so much. You, I know we could go on forever, um, but we can't. Um, but, but we've given anyone who's listening, watching live, or later on on YouTube, or, or wherever we, we can uh, distribute this and wherever people can listen or watch, um, they're going to be intrigued enough, I would think, to reach out to you and, and reach out to Rapport International and want to read this book. So please tell people how they can find you, how they can get the book, how they can hire you. Give, give us all of that, if you don't mind, that information. The whole rundown. Okay. So if you want to find all my links, you can go to Linktree. Are you on Linktree yet, Bob? No, yet another thing you're teaching me. I, I know all about Linktree. I just do not use it. Oh, I love it. It is, it's free for anybody that's listening. And you go to L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E. And if you go slash and put my name in there, Wendy Pease, W-E-N-D-Y, P as in Peter, E-A-S-E. It's the spelling of Wendy's name, my, my little homemade sign right there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so if you have the visual <laughs> podcast, it might not be there. So if you go to link dot, you know, link tree slash Wendy Peas, you can get all my links. And so you can download a couple free chapters of the book. You can go to wendypeas.com that has my background information, what I speak about, and it has a link. Um, Linktree has a link to our uh, company site, which is rapporttranslations.com. Um, you can go there and you can request an appointment with me if you have something that you want, you know, if you want to take your company global and have questions, I'm happy to talk to you about that. Um, and I am all over social media. I spend a lot of time there. I learn so much. I'm in Clubhouse, Wendy Pease. You can follow me there. 
Um, and so we're always posting stuff on social media about um, funny translation, cultural adaptation, words that are untranslatable. <laughs> so we have a lot of fun on social media. Well, because you're fun people and really, really smart people, Wendy. I've learned so much from you, uh, not uh, least being Linktree. Hey, I know all about Linktree. I just am using it. I should use it. I it's should, so uh, easy. Yeah, I know. So I know. easy. I should put action items in my, my book that I am just about finished. Maybe, maybe I will. <laughs> that was the, the publisher recommended that for me. And nice, it, nice. Um, I really liked it. Yeah. No, I, I love the setup, the way the book's laid out. So uh, you, you, you and your team did a great job. And I need to go global. Hey, you know, uh, Bob yeah. Cargill International sounds good to me. Um, <laughs> it does. It does. I can make that happen. Well, I'll introduce you to some networking groups, softlandpartners.com, wow. and um, there's some more. There's some more. But that wow. would be the place that I'd start because that's they've got 20 meetups around the globe with people that are really sharing resources on helping companies go international. You are an invaluable resource. And, and, and again, listeners, people on Instagram, people on Facebook, people who see this later on, on YouTube, listen to it as a podcast. Um, Wendy Pease, you need to read her book, The Language of Global Marketing. You need to look her up at Rapport International. And, and if you wanna go global, I would think Wendy's who you want to talk to. Um, thank you, Wendy, for a great, I don't know how long we've been talking, 40 minutes or so, I don't know. I wasn't watching the clock, although I see it's almost 3 p.m. on Friday, uh, June 11th. And, and I was mentioning to you that uh, I should, should hard stop at three and, and, and maybe we can do that. We'll wind things down. We'll, we'll uh, call it a day, um, a great day, because I had a great conversation with you, Wendy. Thank you so much, Bob. It is always a pleasure. And I'll keep looking for you running by my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not, not running by your house on social media. We see each other. Oh, there. yeah. I see you there. Yeah, all ironically, the time. we live a mile away from each other, but we see each other a lot more on social, social media. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, thank you for being um, my guest, Wendy Pease, on episode 130 of Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. And Wendy, yes, the first guest to be interviewed twice on on my podcast. Yay. I'm so glad we had the chance to talk today. Um, anyone on Instagram, thank you for listening. Anyone on Facebook, thank you for being there. And, and Wendy, thank you for being here today. Um, thanks, everybody. I'll be back with you in the near future with another episode of Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. And until then, um, hope you're all happy, healthy, safe, and sound. And we'll talk to you. We'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody. All right, thank you. Thanks, Wendy. Okay, bye-bye.